0: Welcome to the podcast service of Sydney's FM 103.2 available on the web at fm1032.com.au Hello, I'm Kel Richards. Some years ago I was at at a dinner sitting opposite uh, a young couple and fell into conversation and I was talking about forgiveness and I was talking about the the power, the ability that God has to forgive and I said, look, if if Adolf Hitler at the end of his life after killing all of those people and causing all of that horror and all of that terror had turned back to God and asked to be forgiven and repented and that sort of thing, I said God could have forgiven him, would have forgiven him. And they were shocked. They were horrified. The very thought of forgiving Hitler just sort of, woo, big reaction. Well, that's what tonight's program is all about because t- the title of tonight's program is Forgiving Hitler. Thanks for joining us. Nice to have you company. You may have heard me doing short biographies on this program in the series that I call Profiles of Faith. Well, in addition to those very small mini-biographies, I have written one long book-length biography telling the story of a fascinating woman. The book is called Forgiving Hitler, and it's the amazing life story of Kathy Diosi. Let me summarise it for you. Kathy was born in Budapest in Hungary in 1920, and she was born Jewish. Her father was a successful business executive. Her mother was a glamorous socialite. Both were Jews, but were non-practicing secular Jews. Cathy had a privileged upbringing in a comfortable home, a smart, fashionable apartment in the heart of the city of Budapest. After leaving school, she decided to enter the diplomatic service. Preparing for this meant going to the Consular Academy in Vienna. But first she had uh, further preparatory study to do. So in September of 1937... When Cathy was 17, her mother went to Vienna to arrange for her to attend a boarding school at Perkersdorf, a village on the outskirts of Vienna, to prepare for entry to the Consular Academy. It was a small preparatory school, only 20 pupils, all girls, and Cathy enjoyed her time there. Until the 11th of March, 1938. That was the date of the Anschluss, the date Adolf Hitler's army swept into Austria from neighbouring Germany and took over Austria without a fight. Cathy herself saw Adolf Hitler in the flesh from only about six feet away as he drove through Perkersdorf in an open car. She remembered for the rest of her life the face she saw that day. He was wearing a military uniform with a peaked cap. Escaping from underneath the cap was a shock of unruly black hair. On the upper lip was the famous black bristling moustache. As for the face itself, she told me it was pale, so pale as to be startlingly white, and it had the soft, puffy appearance of a face used to self-indulgence. Immediately, the persecution of the Jews began in Austria. Restaurants hung out signs saying, ''Dogs and Jews not allowed.'' As soon as the border with Hungary was reopened, Kathy's father sent her a bus ticket and arranged for her immediate return home. The following year, September 1939, Hitler's forces invaded Poland, the Second World War had begun. The fascist government of Hungary allied itself with Hitler's Germany. And that meant that although there was no actual fighting in Hungary at the time, Kathy's family began to be affected by the war. A series of Jewish laws were brought in. Her father lost his job. He was compelled to work in a forced labour gang, a slave labour gang, working on the roads. As the war dragged on through the early 1940s, conditions in Budapest got worse and life got harder. But the real nightmare began on the 19th of March, 1944. That was the day Germany invaded Hungary and the Nazis took control of the country. Hitler had become dissatisfied with the Hungarian puppet government and decided to take control directly. Then on the 6th of June 1944, 130,000 Allied soldiers landed at Normandy. The liberation of Europe had begun. Hitler's army was now stretched between two battlefronts, the Western Front and the Russian Front. It was clear he was losing the war. Adolf Hitler's reaction was to launch an all-out attack on the last remaining large population of Jews in Europe, on the Jews of Hungary. In the second half of 1944, the notorious Adolf Eichmann, later executed for crimes against humanity, was put in charge of the final solution to the Jewish problem in Hungary. Something like half a million Hungarian Jews were shipped off to Nazi death camps over a period of several months. Most of them died. Cathy's father was one of them. When she heard that his slave labour gang had been sent to the railway station to be shipped away, Kathy followed. She found a cattle train packed full of Hungarian men standing at the station. She walked up and down the platform, calling out her father's name. She never saw him that day. She never saw him again. He died in Auschwitz in the last weeks of the war. But she has always hoped that he heard her voice that day. Well now, October 1944. Kathy's mother was ordered into the Jewish ghetto. And Cathy, and all the young Jewish women of her age, ordered to go to a sports ground with a backpack containing clothes and three days' food. It was obvious what was about to happen. Cathy decided not to go. She cut the yellow star off all her clothing, rugged up against the bitter winter, and made her way across the heart of the city to the empty apartment of a friend, Ferry Skurgula, who was away fighting in the Hungarian army at number 3 Vigado Square. Cathy became a Jew in hiding. But of course she had no papers. If she was stopped in the street and asked for her papers, she would be marched off to the police station when she could produce none. And the Hungarian fascists conducted regular Jew hunts. Those Jews they found in hiding would be lined up on one of the bridges that crossed the Danube River and machine-gunned so that their bodies fell backwards into the black icy waters of the Danube and carried away. Budapest was being bombed regularly by Allied bombers. There was little food, the windows of the apartment where Kathy stayed had no glass, long since blown out by the bomb blasts, it was freezing cold, and Cathy was a Jew in hiding. It is amazing that she survived the long months that followed, but she did. The full story of those remarkable months is told in the book Forgiving Hitler. She was twice blown up, several times narrowly escaped Jew hunts, And when the liberating Russian army finally marched into the city, driving the Germans out, she saw her best friend raped by Russian soldiers and only narrowly escaped the same fate herself. After the war, Cathy and her mother tried to rebuild their lives. But the communists seized power in Hungary, and life showed little signs of improvement. On one occasion, Cathy was arrested for trading on the black market and only narrowly avoided a prison term. She and her mother decided they had to escape from behind the Iron Curtain. And they did, separately. Cathy's mother paid a guide to take her through the mountains on foot, while Cathy travelled by train with false documents disguised as a maid. They met up in Vienna, the same city in which, for Cathy, the nightmare had begun. They applied for refugee status and, eventually, after many more adventures that are recounted in the book Forgiving Hitler, ended up in Australia. In time, Cathy married another Hungarian-Australian refugee, Alex Diosi, and they had a daughter, Juliet. This was the child the doctors had said Cathy would never be able to have because of the effects on her health of her wartime privations and suffering. For Cathy, the birth of Juliet was yet another miracle. But Cathy carried with her a legacy of bitterness over the suffering she and her mother had endured, especially over the death of her beloved father, At every male member of her family, in the death camps, all springing from the evil and hatred of one man, Adolf Hitler. Shortly after the war, the Hungarian government had tried and executed some of the local Nazi collaborators. Their dead bodies were hung from lamp posts in the centre of Budapest. Cathy went to look at those dead bodies, to touch their boots to be reassured that at least someone had paid the price for the awful suffering the world had been put through. Cathy says that her mother never got over that time and that suffering, and died, still a bitter and angry woman. But Cathy did get over it, and that's a story in itself. Her daughter Juliet went to Cambada Anglican School. There, Juliet became a Christian. At a parent-teacher night, Cathy met Gloria Short the wife of Ken Short, who was school chaplain and minister of St. Michael's Vaucluse. Gloria invited Kathy to church, Ken came around to visit her, their friendliness and warmth won her over, and she began attending. Not only church, but Wednesday night Bible study at the rectory as well. Slowly, over time, she came to see that evil was not confined to a small group of obviously wicked men, to see that in God's eyes, everyone needs forgiving to understand that Jesus had died to provide that forgiveness, and that he calls everyone everywhere to turn back to him, to turn from their way to his way. And she did. She gave in, admitted that God was God, asked to be forgiven and changed. And slowly, over time, the bitterness and anger left her. She found peace. She found forgiveness. And again, the full story is told in the book, Forgiving Hitler. In January of 2001, Kathy was at a CMS summer school at Katoomba, and there she met Hannah and Max Collison, their CMS medical missionaries in Kenya. When, after dinner one night, Kathy told Hannah her story, Hannah responded by saying, Then you must hate me. Hannah was German by birth. Her nation had caused all this suffering. On top of which Hannah's father, when he was a young man, was briefly a member of Hitler's SS. Kathy was able to give Hannah a hug and tell her that she felt no hatred, no anger, no bitterness, that they were sisters in Christ. Cathy discovered that being forgiven by God through Jesus is the source of the power to forgive, even to forgive Hitler. The book is called Forgiving Hitler, the story of Kathy Diossi, as told to Kel Richards, published by Matthias Media and it's in Christian bookshops now. Tomorrow night, I'm going to sort of keep the theme going. Tomorrow night, I'm going to talk about forgiveness power. Forgiveness power, what it is and how it works. That's tomorrow night. Here's our thought for the night. It comes from Luke chapter 24, sentence 47. Jesus said, With my authority, take this message of repentance to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who turn to me. Till tomorrow night at this time, thanks for your company. I'm Kel Richards. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this FM 103.2 podcast. To listen to more great audio, visit fm1032.com.au.